Hello everyone, this is Preacher Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church in Covington and it's our joy to be able to come to you this morning and to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray the Lord is blessing your life and giving you uh, strength and faith and hope during these times that we're living. You know, it's, it's always good to share a lot of our First Christian Church members are listening to the broadcast every Sunday morning because uh, they're not able or they still are hesitant to get back into the church. Uh, we have so many others in the community uh, that are listening in every Sunday. Uh, such good comments from many of you. Glad that we're back on the radio. And and uh, we just look forward to this uh, broadcast to continue at 1030 every Sunday. Of course, at the very same time, we are having our worship hour at the Family Life Center of First Christian Church, and uh, those services are live-streamed on Facebook, and uh, you can join us there if you have uh, the opportunity to do that. And later on, of course, we also put all the services and log them on our website, uh, fccovington.com. We have so many prayer concerns, and uh, we... we we're not going to uh, uh, belabor those. We have church concerns. We have community concerns, uh, national concerns. This COVID-19 pandemic has afflicted so many people. And, of course, it has handicapped and impaired many of the schedules and the family life and church life. Uh, it, it has certainly uh, made its mark on our society. Let us ever remember that God is bigger. God's always bigger. And uh, as one uh, of our ladies uh, has emphasized, as she had the, uh, the COVID-19 virus and, and has, has gone through a lot of suffering, uh, God's got this, and uh, we can be assured of that too. Uh, we are doing the series of sermons right now, How to Be Confident in Uncertain Times. It's certainly a timely theme, isn't it? Because we do live in uncertain times, and we're, uh, we're taking this series from 2 Corinthians. I'd like for you to open your New Testaments there if you have your Bibles handy. Because the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians bears his heart. He talks about his own personal dilemmas and concerns. And, of course, he uses a very strong faith to overcome all of, uh, of these persecutions and sufferings and obstacles and circumstances that he faces. And he challenges us through the scriptures to do the very same thing. So we've looked at this series uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Paul from chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians said we need to be humble. Uh, we, we need to maintain a trust in the Lord and not in ourselves. And our confidence and our competence, he says, is not in ourselves, but in Christ. And that's so important. And last Sunday then, we noticed that we need to be authentic from the first part of chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. We need to be authentic. We, we need to let the Lord Jesus shine through our lives. Uh, it's not what we look like on the outside, but it's who we really are on the inside. And if we have Christ Jesus and his light within us, that's going to show through to the world and the community around us. So very important that we be authentic as faithful followers of Jesus. And now today we're going to go to the last part of chapter 4. 
uh, how to be confident in uncertain times, we need to be persistent. We need to be persistent. We need to see our obstacles as opportunities. And, and the theme phrase for this uh, message today is in verse 16, where the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Now, that actually, that's the second time he's used that phrase in this one chapter. Because in verse 1, we noted last week that he said, We do not lose heart. You, you know, you ask yourself sometimes, why is it that some people make it and, and other people don't? Uh, for example, there may be two athletes of equal ability, and, and they accept a scholarship to play uh, football maybe at a local college, and, and one goes on to have a great career and the other uh, flounders and drops out. Why is that? Or how about two entrepreneurs who have equal assets and they, they want to develop their own businesses, and, and one of them makes millions and the other one goes bankrupt? Um, why is that? Is it just luck? And then, of course, there's always the example of, of two couples who begin with similar uh, spiritual and cultural backgrounds, but 30 years later, the one couple is happily married with grandchildren, and the other couple is divorced and barely speaking to one another. So why is that? Now, I know there are a lot of contributing factors that determine what happens in people's lives, but I think the most important element is persistence. The people who really achieve, they stay with it longer, and they don't quit easily. And they're not intimidated by obstacles. In fact, they see those obstacles as opportunities. And over the course of time, they gain confidence. They're bouncing back from failure, and it makes them less fearful, more assured uh, to face the future. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Sounds like he's on one of those runs like Zig Ziglar or Norman Vincent Peale, uh, uh, how, to, how to make life great with a motivational speech. Um, and that's not true at all because Scripture tells us that we need to be persistent, that we need to, to confront our obstacles and see them as opportunities. Now, when we first got into this COVID-19 pandemic with the virus and that we had to close our churches up to uh, the services that we normally held and uh, everything just seemed like it was a mess collapsing all around us and we said we're going to have a lot of challenges here but we also are going to have a lot of opportunities and that's exactly uh, what has happened and we have seen blessing after blessing come out of all this, and we praise the Lord for it. So what does Paul say here? Let's go to the scripture. Uh, let's take a look at verses 8 and 9, because the first thing that Paul says, in order to be persistent, we, we need to get up when we get knocked down. Now, in the very first sermon of this series, uh, I think I titled it, Down But Not Out, Down But Not Out. Now, Paul urges the Christians here to do four things, and the first thing in verses 8 and 9 is, uh, get back up when you get knocked down. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. The Living Bible 
uh, paraphrases verse 9 by saying we get knocked down, but we get up again and we get going. And that's what the Christian has to do. Uh, <clears throat> we have to be motivated to not quit. Uh, Paul, of course, the Apostle Paul, was amazingly resilient in his life. <clears throat> he, he bounced back from his difficulties. You know, you threaten him in Jerusalem and he flees to an Arabian desert where he spends a decade studying and preparing for his future ministry. And then he resurfaces in, in uh, Antioch, ready to do ministry. He goes on a missionary journey and they stone him and leave him for dead in Lystra. And what does he do? He gets back up and goes to Derby and wins a, a large number of disciples there. Throw him into prison in Philippi and what does he do? He converts the jailer and his whole family to the Lord Jesus. Uh, drag him into a courtroom in Caesarea, and he turns the witness stand into a pulpit and preaches to the judge there. Uh, shipwreck him and strand him on the island of Malta, and he wins the chief politician of that island to the Lord. Uh, throw him into a Roman jail, and what does he do? He emerges months later with much of the New Testament in his hand. He always got back up when he got knocked down. He rejected rejection. And there are so many wonderful examples of those who refuse to give up, and we don't want to belabor all this, but you think about uh, Americans like uh, Teddy Roosevelt, was rejected when he tried to join the army after the Spanish-American War broke out. Uh, they told him he was too old and too nearsighted. But he rejected that rejection. He went out and organized a civilian militia, which he named the Rough Riders. He went to Cuba, and he led his followers in the, that famous charge up San Juan Hill, and, and the rest of Teddy Roosevelt's story is history. Uh, Albert Einstein, he was a graduate student, his doctoral dissertation was rejected by the University of Bern as too fanciful and irrelevant. But fortunately, he rejected that rejection and did not throw his theory of relativity into the wastebasket. Did you know that Michael Jordan got cut from his junior high basketball team? Uh, did you know that Colonel Sanders was broke at age 65 before he marketed his Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe? Christianity has a long line of those who would not quit. And one of my favorite people as, as a bounce-back Christian is, is Johnny Erickson Tada, who was paralyzed from the neck down in that swimming accident but she turned that obstacle into a wonderful opportunity to witness to her faith in Christ, her writing, her music, uh, her testimony. Just wonderful. Uh, Dave Ramsey, nationally known Christian financial counselor, was bankrupt midway through his life, and now he leads financial peace seminars all over the nation. Reminds me of Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 where the wise man says, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, but the wicked are brought down by calamity. Um, this, this is so important. Uh, the New Testament writers 
introduced positive thoughts with the word but. You know, a lot of times we use that word to introduce negative thoughts. Uh, we normally hear things like, well, it's a nice day, but it'll probably rain before the day is over. Or, I like the church service, but the, but the music was too loud. Uh, I believe in God, but I don't understand how he could let this happen to me. Uh, but the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, uses the word but with positive thoughts. The church was persecuted, but those who were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. James the apostle was beheaded, but the word of God increased. Peter was imprisoned, but the church was earnestly praying for him. In the world you will have trouble, Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And now the Apostle Paul is saying, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We need to get back up. The second thing Paul says to these Christians is, we need to love the Lord more than life itself. We need to love the Lord more than life itself. In verses 10 and 11 of this fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians, he says, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. In other words, what he's saying is our physical sufferings remind us that Jesus suffered and died for us. And then he goes on, For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Now here's the bottom line of these verses. Paul considered himself expendable so that others might come to know Christ. In Acts chapter 19, uh, this chapter relates Paul's preaching had created a, a, a riot in Ephesus. There, it, it, first, it, it had created a revival, and many people gave up their godless, their godless worship of idols to serve the living God. And those who manufactured and sold souvenirs uh, of the goddess Diana, they felt threatened, and they stirred up a riot against the Christians. And, and the people rushed into the theater uh, opposing Paul and opposing Christians. And in verse 30, the Bible says that Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Uh, here's the Apostle Paul. He steps out of the house where he's staying, and he sees these people gathered in one place protesting Christianity, and he says, wow, this is a great chance to preach the gospel. I'm going to go in there and tell them about Jesus. See, Paul was willing to face that hostile crowd because he loved the Lord more than his own life. If he could just convince one person that Jesus was the Messiah, he thought it would be all worth it. It, it would be worth whatever the cost, shipwreck, beatings, imprisonment, even death. And that's why he persevered and never quit because he loved the Lord and his his cause was greater than life itself. 
how about you? Is Christ number one in your life, really? Uh, does, does Jesus Christ mean more to you than life itself? Uh, in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. In the movie First Night, uh, this movie was a retelling of the legend of Camelot. I've always loved the Camelot to history. And uh, in, in the movie, there is a scene where Lancelot, played by Richard Gere, is asked to train a man the secrets of being a skilled swordsman. And Lancelot says to, to the soldier, first you must study the way your opponent moves until you know what he's going to do before he does it. And, and the student responded and said, I can do that, I can do that. And next he says, you must know that moment in every fight when you can win or lose. And the student said, well, I can do that if you show me. And Lancelot replied and said, finally, you have to not care, my friend, whether you live or die. And that was the Apostle Paul. And that's the secret of a victorious Christian life. We need to love the Lord. We need to love his work more than life itself. Is your devotion to Christ greater than your devotion to any single other thing in life? Now, the third thing that the Apostle Paul points out here is in verses 13 and 14 of 2 Corinthians 4, and that is that we need to believe what we say we believe. We need to really believe what we say we believe. Here, Paul says, it is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. Uh, interesting, interesting sentence. If, if we really believe in something, uh, there's always going to be a testimony about it. A football team, a basketball team, our grandchildren, if we really believe in something, we're going to give a testimony about it. Uh, real belief, real faith cannot keep silent. Now let's read on. Paul says, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. The Apostle Paul believed that every word of Scripture was fact, that it was truth. He believed with all of his heart that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. He believed that Jesus died an atoning death and was raised from the dead as a proof that he was the Son of God. It wasn't a myth to Paul. It really, literally happened. And then he met Christ on the Damascus Road, and the resurrection of Jesus was a historical event for him. He believed, and therefore he spoke. You know, uh, if Jesus lives in us, if we really believe it, we're going to say it, and we're going to sing it. And hopefully when we sing these hymns, we testify to the fact there's power in the blood. Faith is the victory. Uh, there's victory in Jesus. 
Uh, later, Paul wrote to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.12 and said, uh, I, I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted for him uh, for that day. Paul believed. In verse 15 of this chapter, he says, All this is for your benefit so that the grace that's reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. You see, that belief that Paul had, uh, he believed that his life was helping others uh, motivated to, to giving their life to Jesus. Christians need to be people who know what they believe and why they believe it. And then the final thing that Paul mentions here to these early Christians is that, that they need to keep their eye on the goal. Keep your eye on the goal. Be persistent. Don't look here, there, and everywhere. Look at verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, the Apostle Paul persevered because he never lost sight of the goal. He saw the eternal, not the physical. Uh, we need to fix our eyes on the eternal. Everything we see and touch is just temporary, dear friends. It's all going to pass away, including our own bodies. The only things that are going to last are those things that we can't see with our physical eyes. It's the things that we can only see with our spiritual eyes, our spiritual goal. And Satan will do his very best to distract our eternal focus. Uh, in verse 17, uh, according to Peterson's message, the paraphrase, he says, These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. Oh, it is going to be a celebration if we can just keep on keeping on. Uh, it, it's, it's like the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And remember verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. you got to keep your eye on the goal. These are great, great challenges right out of Scripture for us today. We are going through uncertain times, dear friends. There's a lot of hesitancy. There's a lot of fear. Uh, there's a lot of paranoia going on. But, but Christians have an advantage. We have Jesus. We have a living hope, a living faith. Would you this morning be willing to say, I need, I want, I will keep Jesus uh, when I get knocked down, I resolve I'm going to get back up. 
and I'm going to love the Lord more than life itself. And I will believe what I say I believe. I'm going to put my faith in action. I'm going to have conviction. I'm going to have perseverance. My faith is going to live in and through me. And finally, I'm going to keep my eyes on the goal. Will you today allow Jesus to enable you to turn your obstacles into opportunities? A living faith. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that you'll go back and reread these, these verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 18. Be persistent in your faith. I'm going to ask that we pray together and then we're going to listen to a song. God bless you today. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for these moments that we can look into your living holy word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul who gave such a great testimony in this letter. And I pray, Lord, for every person that's listening, that they'll just allow the Lord Jesus and his presence to come into their lives. May the Holy Spirit-inspired word become an inspiration for each person uh, that is sharing with us today. Make us strong. Make us humble. Make us authentic. Make us persistent. Thank you for Christ. We pray in his precious name. Amen. Thank you.